1: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's the show that we recommend.
0: Hi there. I'm Kendra Adachi, and I host the Lazy Genius Podcast, a show that helps you be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. But here's the kicker. You get to decide what matters, not me. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to give you a new way to see. Episodes are around 20 minutes and are full of practical, helpful information, as well as a lot of permission slips to do what makes sense for you. New episodes drop every Monday and cover a broad range of topics from laundry and getting dinner on the table to finding work-life balance and organizing your inbox. So I invite you to give the Lazy Genius Podcast a listen. Together, let's stop doing it all for the sake of doing what matters.
1: ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com
2: Hello, I'm Keith Arthur, and welcome to another Voyage of the Strange Boat podcast. Today's shipmate's slightly unusual, inasmuch as I know next to nothing about her. Emma Harrison came to my attention when she wrote a piece that was published on Angling Trust social media about how she felt as a woman in mainly match fishing. I then met her very briefly on a photo shoot, hers, not mine, and here we are. Emma, hello and welcome aboard.
3: Hello, it's nice to jump on board your strange boat, Keith.
2: Yeah, it's good. It, it, it's rarely a rocky ride, so um, I, I try and keep it as smooth as possible. I don't want anybody really getting seasick or that know, kind of business. I suppose we'd better start halfway through where I would normally begin um, in as much as where you first came to my attention Um, you wrote that that very uh, emotive piece um, that the Angling Trust published on on their Facebook page Um, can you tell us what you wrote roughly and why you wrote it and then we'll get to what's normally the beginning and sort out your angling credentials
3: Okay. Um, what it was I'd had a lot of stick from certain members of the match angling world. A small minority, I must add, so please don't think I'm tarring men because of that is far from the case. Um very small minority uh feel the need to make silly misogynist comments if that's the right word. Um and I thought Hang on, I'm I'm quite Brazilian and I'm quite strong willed and if this is putting me off match fishing then I wonder who else it's putting off or possibly putting off. Um and you know, there's I don't know if you know it, but there's an issue with toilets sometimes, especially from a woman's point of view. Um so if there's if there's no adequate toilets nearby then yeah. But stuck really.
2: Um, well, that that was one of the problems with um, women in conventional match fishing on natural venues. Mm-hmm. There was never a toilet, mm-hmm. you know, and, and people came up with all all kinds of devices. they would be little bivvies set yeah. up, and you know, all so It was they had to carry twice as much gear as the rest of us. And and th- there were very, very few women in match fishing. I mean, I developed at a very early age what I'll describe as a match angler's bladder. And it never seems to disturb me at all until about t- just before the scalesman arrives. Normally, that's why I think, hang on a minute. And, and I don't, I'm very stupidly of me, I rarely drink while I'm fishing. It's, and and that's, that's habit now. <laughs> That even when I go sea fishing in Florida and I'm out on the boat all day. I, I drink least out of any, you know, if I get through half a bottle of Trade, it's a lot. But anyway, so yeah, we so yes there are problems mm-hmm. and you don't need any more problems. Mm-hmm. So uh, carry on. And I
3: thought it, I thought I'll just leave it, it'll go away. You know, I spoke to a few of the ladies in the match fishing scene and I thought no, I'll just leave it that you know, they just get on with it and it was just niggling away at me and I thought I, I can't just let it slide. I, you know, I've got to do something about it and I thought, I don't know who to get in touch with and I hummed and humdenard. and hummed and I thought, I'll get in touch with Sport England because I didn't, I didn't know that much about fishing and, you know, who, who would be a port of call and things like that but I've come a long way since then but I digress um, Sport England put me in touch with Clive Copeland at the Angling Trust, Head of Participation and... You know, we, we had a meeting and we got talking about issues and things like that. And it started from there, really. Um, so we're trying to promote fishing, you know, the benefits of it and how good it is for anybody, not just men, women, you know, kids as well, families, for anyone out there. Yeah, it's fishing for everyone and everyone can fish.
2: But you, you were quite... Not exactly specific in what you wrote, but you pointed the finger at more than problems of having a wee, didn't you? Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, you, 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 uh, um, you felt that you were, uh, for want of a better word, abused almost mm-hmm. in, in tackle shops mm-hmm. and at the draw for matches mm-hmm. and in the cafe at matches. And, you know, having run fishing tackle shops for around about how long would it be? About 15 years from, from the mid 1970s to 1990. Um, I know exactly what you went through because I was embarrassed mm-hmm. for any women that came into my shop, and, and I ran a shop that was more or less match anglers. You know, we had a few pleasure anglers, mm-hmm. and in the first one of the first shops I went in, there was quite a lot of carp anglers. As well, it was at the birth of carp fishing around about 1980, and it was the, I, I was then running a shop in Southeast London that dealt with some of the Kent boys, and it was. Primarily, there very few women fish. Then there were some well-known ones, you know, Sylvie Kemp, Maureen Anderson, people, Jenny Harrison, people that I could name. There were so few that I knew, um, but it was you know coming up for Christmas time and birthdays, and and mums had come in to buy their young youngsters some tackle, and they'd be looked up and down, and all right, love, what can I do for you after a long pole and all that mm-hmm. kind of you know, and and hang on a minute. This is a potential customer. Don't, whatever you do, don't upset my business mm-hmm. because I will be quite angry. Um, and you, you got in those days we had the Friday night club. The, they came in at about five o'clock. I opened until eight o'clock on a Friday, and then I left. And the boss stayed there and played cards all night. And, it, and, and I'd get in on Saturday morning and have to tidy the shop up of all the debris they would left behind. But it, it, it's changed a bit since then, and now there are more, much more professional businesses. Um, more professional, e- even some of the shops that weren't very professional then have now changed. And I know several women that run fishing tackle shops. You've got one not far from you, Helen, mm-hmm. uh, at Cheshire Angling. There's Ruth Lockwood at Yateley Angling. There's Dave's in Middlewich. Susan runs that. Um, there's Sue at um, Harefield Tackle. So there's some very successful tackle mm-hmm. shops run by women. And they get. Absolute and ultimate respect from their customers, mm-hmm. because if they don't, they'll have to go somewhere else to buy their boilers and bibs and bedchairs, etc., etc. Um and but they're they're also almost seen as one of the lads, mm-hmm. whereas a female angler, especially someone that looks good, is a bit glamorous. And, and and you know, what are you doing going fishing? You know, it, and and I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell you now, one of my pals who who I fish with for. I oh, must be getting on for 50 years. I don't see him very much now. But he once drew on a match um, close to where he is. I, I, I won't identify him. he drew next to Jenny Harrison, who I mentioned. And he was struggling, and she'd had three chub chucking a waggler down the far bank of this river. And when she netted the third one, he called down to her, why aren't you indoors cooking the old man's Sunday dinner? And Tony was drawn about 30... Her husband was drawn about 30 pegs upstream. And 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 she bitched him out you know yeah. she she gave him a, a proper earful but I, I you know i could never it, even in those days when misogyny was wasn't even invented it wasn't a mm-hmm. word then and there was no such thing as discrimination and you know you could say what you liked to anybody i flinched at that and and it's it just it beggars belief that that people had this some anglers in particular but like, well i think they're god's gift for a start don't they and it all begins with that um you know well, you know she don't even fancy me oh, so 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 when you wrote this letter i mean i jumped on it straight mm-hmm. away and and i sent you a, a message saying congratulations well said mm-hmm. it needed saying i'm glad someone like you said it um w- what else happened did anything else happen to you on on the back of that
3: i was asked to go down to get hooked on fishing in Ealing, doing something with the Environment Agency, bit of filming where we met, you know, promoting the benefits of, you know, getting your fishing licence and the benefits that fishing has. Not not just for catching fish, for your mental wellbeing, you know, appreciating nature. That's, it's been my lifeline, fishing in that way.
2: Oh, I was just going to show you a book, but it doesn't matter because nobody else could see it. (laughs) But... but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> only me and you can see each other. Uh, but, but I was asked to write a book um, about seven years ago, and I wanted to call it, I, I coined a phrase, when I, when I did my old radio show, I coined a phrase describing fishing as the best excuse for loafing in the countryside. And I wanted to call the book that. And um, Amazon or, and, and people that sold the book wouldn't let me. They wanted it called Fishing the best excuse for loafing in the countryside and there are thousands of book caught fishing mm-hmm. and, and, but on my radio show I, I attracted more people um, than just anglers yeah. so I reckon 80% of the people you know the number of emails I've got saying I've never been fishing but mm-hmm. was, was out this world anyway but, but yeah that, that, and it is isn't it it's a damn good excuse mm-hmm. to get out and do not much in the weather mm-hmm there was and i've mentioned this before not on, on strange boat but on the radio where um one of the clubs whose lakes i used to fish some years ago dartford and district angling preservation so d daps they're called because it's less of a mouthful um they've got one lake that's behind lock a lock gate and there was a guy who had a ticket for this lake um and he'd, he'd turn up most days open the gate go in put his umbrella up get his bed his, his, his chair out easy chair out get his rod and his float Flick it out, get a book out, and start reading. Never had a hook in his life, never any bait, <laughs> but he could get behind this gate where he wouldn't be, be um, annoyed by mm-hmm. anyone, and and he paid for the privilege of doing it. He joined the club. And he never fish, yeah, but it was just a reason to be out mm-hmm. there without people saying, oh, "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. You know. So mm-hmm. yeah, so, so so it is a, a, a good excuse to get out and about. Um, but let, I suppose now we'll start go back to the beginning. Um, where'd you hail from?
3: St. Helens, the marvellous St. Helens on Merseyside. Um, Grew up there. And then my stepdad got into fishing. And I think my dad fished. But I I just remember fishing around the same time with both my dad and my stepdad at the time. And my stepdad was a member of St. Helens Anglers Association. And I remember going down to to Luxmore Lane Dam. And I used to fish there with this little swing tip and that I just loved it. I was fascinated. I was hooked at that little swing tip going when I had a bite. Um and we'd go there after school and I, I just remember being obsessed. I remember going in the tackle shop, I think it's I think it was changed to a Nevins at some point. But I just remember being in there like a Friday night sort of thing, like you said before, and it just been dead loud, being dead loudy and full of laughter and swearing and Everyone was just dead, dead relaxed, and, and smoke. Yes, and
2: smoke, never to be forgotten. Yeah,
3: and the smell of maggots yeah. it was always dead strong as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, lovely, tinge of ammonia. Um, so, how old would you have been then?
3: I'm not sure. I was in primary school. I'd say about.
2: Oh, so, nine. so you're under. You're under eleven. Yeah, yeah you're under eleven. Yeah. Um, what, what did you use to catch, or did, didn't you catch very much?
3: Oh, we used to catch all sorts, of, and then I remember, you know, we'd go a bit further on the Hotties, Hotties Canal, and I used to catch some big carp on there, and I'd, I'd lose some big ones, and, I, you know, I'd, I'd throw my dummy out, and I'm like, right, I've had enough now, I'm not fishing anymore, um, but I'd always get back on my little seat and give it another go. And I, I wasn't fazed by the weather at all I remember one day fishing near, near Matalan I don't, don't know if you know the hotties but I think not a lot of people do the Matalan side of the hotties I just remember it thunder and lightning and I just, I just sat out in it completely oblivious to the dangers but the fishing turned on and I was not budging yeah.
2: I, I've never visited the hotties but I do know a bit about the history of them and um how at uh, one, one time the, the place was heavily stocked with, with cichlids, wasn't yeah. it? Somebody had released mm-hmm. some tropical fish, and, and there are several legends. One is the local tropical fish shop was closing down, and he bunged them all mm. in there, and they thrived. Is it a Kellogg's factory? I think it was a Kellogg's Pilkington's, factory, I it? think. Pilkington's Glass, yeah. that's right, yeah. There's another bit. There's, I think it's a bit further down where, where Kellogg's is. We, I don't think you catch on cornflakes, <laughs> but there's anyway. But yeah, Pilkington's Glass. So, so the water came out like a mm-hmm. waterfall, hot waterfall came in. Yeah. So these cichlids bred and I think they've all gone now mm-hmm. um, because you know, that's another theory I've got about inbreeding, why things <laughs> die out and there's not only one group of them going, anyway, that's a different <laughs> story. So, but, but now, as you say, it's carp and, and, and stuff. And what happened after that? How did how did you get further along the road?
3: My dad's got a, uh, like a caravan up at on Gores and Anglesey and that was, that was more of a commercial which which I wasn't used to. So I'd fish on there with my brother and my sister and my dad and my stepmom, Um And then I noticed he was doing like little charity matches, so he was doing all like fancy dress matches and I thought, oh, I'd love to have a go at that. And I remember sitting with my dad for a match and I was fascinated with it. Uh, but then I grew up, started high school and lost touch with it all then. And then that was it for for a good few years. Like,
2: What did you go as in fancy dress? Oh, I can't remember. Because <laughs> you could go as a girl, couldn't you? In most places these <laughs> days, you know. What are you come as? Oh, come as a girl. Oh, okay. Because there's, there's not many of Not many about. Yeah. Oh, there's still even to this day. They, there's not, there's not very not very women, not very many women in fishing. But uh, interesting, I've got some figures on Saturday. Um, I was on Fishermania at the weekend and, and spoke to uh, to Jamie Cook, uh, and of the people that had their first go at fishing in the last 12 months, 26% brilliant. were girls or women, which is brilliant, brilliant. And, and that's nearer the figure in America, you know, the figure in America is about that, mm. that many women go fishing, and it's so different there. It's much more family orientated. You see whole gangs of them along when I go, when I used to go to the Florida Keys when you're allowed to go. You drive down and every gap in the trees in Isle and there's a family there with wow. the truck behind with a big cooler in the back, and they've all got rods out from like little toddlers with with pacifiers <laughs> uh, up to uh, grandmas sitting in the chair holding a pole as well, holding a rod as well. They, they'd all be there, and it's so different. And I guess. One of the main differences is here. Unless you're in the sea, you have to pay for everything. There's very few places where you can go and fish for nothing, mm-hmm. and and I suppose that puts. If there's one of you goes and it, it's a tenner for a day ticket, if there's five of you go, it's a bullseye, and that, that's quite a lot of money in it to pay. I, I know it's cheaper than Alton Towers mm-hmm. and Thorpe Park and all those, but it's still an appreciable amount of money when you've got to upgrade your tackle and buy a bit of bait and blah blah blah. So you then so what happened when you went to high school then,
3: uh, lost me way a bit. Last two years was high school, got my head together and, you know, got my grades, went to college, went to university, started a master's degree, got married and then, oh, you're pregnant. I like, oh, I was told I'd never have children, so I was a bit taken aback. Uh, and then Leo was born, my eldest. Um, things didn't work out, never finished the master's and then moved on, met someone else he did a bit of course fishing so i thought oh we'll
2: get back in so you were out of fishing at this time then out you, of fishing you, you, yeah yeah um you'd hang up you'd hang up your regular rods yeah. for a
3: while and then when i did come back into it a few years back about 5 6 years ago now all i also did was rod and rod and feeders yeah and i was obsessed obsessed again there's just not enough hours in the day Loved it. It's like, oh, all these different ground baits, all these different feeders and stuff like that, collecting them all as you do.
2: Test, testing ground bait brings a whole new meaning to the word brown nose. Mm. Because we used to, uh, one year at Dye where we produced some ground bait, and we were selling ground bait, at, uh, introducing our ground bait at, at the big ang- National Angling Exhibition, and everybody walking around had sort of this lovely brown mark on the end of their nose where they'd sniffed it a bit too close so so where were you fishing then where were you still in st helen no
3: at this point i was in liverpool i lived there for about nine ten years and i was fishing i used to go to a fishery called it's bundle fishery a lot and it was a big open water not massive but big you know big enough uh, and it was it was a carp water basically but it was full of big perch big roach some nice skimmers tench yeah and, but there was like three different lakes. so you had your big carp water and then there was a smaller one with carp in, and then a smaller more natural one and I'd fish any of them I'd just you know give anything a go and mix and match my baits like you do and figure it all out learn the hard way um, but yeah I just remember getting really big roach and perch I think i probably had three three pound perch out of there, on
0: there.
3: just on, on feeders like I didn't know what I was doing but it was good fun, and it's memories I'll have forever. And I remember catching a leather carp. Never had one since.
2: Now they're quite unusual, mm. aren't they? They've, they've got yeah. I once a, 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 a read that they have different uh, characteristics as well as no scales. Right. They've got some something. They've got an extra rib or something like that. They're some <laughs> they're, they're they're not just scaleless fish. Most most leather carp that are called leathers have got some little tiddly scales right. somewhere. But they, do you know why mirrors were first bred? No. Um, they were bred um, selectively bred, so they were easier to take the scales off, so they could be cooked. Wow. So instead of having to strip all those little scales off a mirror carp, all those that had few or no scales were kept by the monks going back, you know, five, six hundred years yeah. um, as, as being preferable because they're easier to clean, but they, they all regress gradually as they bred in their little stew ponds. There would be less and less and less mm-hmm. mirrors every year because the the, the regression to the, the common strain would begin. So they started separating them. Anyway, that's a-
3: Every day's a school day.
2: Yeah, every day. <laughs> so, so why did you get into, what got you into match fishing? I
3: moved from Liverpool back to St. Helens. I moved to Haydock then. And I thought, I'd like to meet other women who go fishing, basically, because I didn't know of anyone. Um, to join the local angling club, which was Newton Willow's Anglers Association. And I did it because they had a little ladies' match scene on the go, little ladies' league as well. I thought, do you know what, I'll give that a go. So, you know, I rock up with my little seats and my little rods, and they're like, oh, no, you need a box and a bowl. And I'm like, I've not got one. So then <laughs> here comes... Here comes the purse, spending more money on it, left, right and centre. <laughs> Poles and God knows what. But yeah, it was good fun. Learnt lots. Really hard venues to fish. They were all quite natural where we where we went. Juniors would always smash us up every time. And I think I came second. And you know, I met you know, I met some good good women, some some nice fellas as well and juniors who, who were still fishing. Um so, yeah, it's really good to see the progression as well. So,
2: at this time, were you juggling with the family, with a job? Yeah. Or, or, yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, I think I was doing teacher training at the time. Teacher training, two kids, and then I thought, I'll throw myself in the deep end, like I'll go and fish the Ladies National. Didn't have a clue what I was doing. What do I do with this Paul? I think I was at Packington Summers a few years back. I caught a few. Florence was muddling about, throwing bait in everywhere, as they do... And that was a good laugh. So yeah, that that's what got me into the match scene and been here ever since.
2: How were you received by by the other women who were fishing the matches? Were you immediately adopted as one of them, or were you looked on as a bit of an outsider? Or? No,
3: the welcoming with open arms was like family. You know, every one of them they were brilliant. Um, I couldn't fault them. But I think if it was different, then I, it probably would have. I probably would have walked away from it. And, on cart fishing or something, something different. If you know what I
2: mean. Yeah, yeah. It, it's th- there is a really strong bond I've found between the, the girls I know that go fishing, the girls and women I know that go fishing. I know a few of the England team mm-hmm. and, and 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 a few others that that are, are are well into their fishing, and they they keep more in touch than. Uh, than I do with with people that I don't see on a regular basis you know when you, you go fishing with your own gang of mates and you fish I mean it's it's a bit different now in the 70s 80s and even into the 90s I'd be driving around the country looking for big matches mm-hmm. you know if it, if it wasn't 100 pegs it wasn't a proper match and there there weren't there were a few matches around in those days but now you, you don't need to know where to go do you, mm-hmm. you can just if you, you, you're a regular at I don't know partridge mm-hmm. you rock up at partridge seven days of the week there'll be probably be something going on yeah. or heron or mm-hmm. any, any of those kind of fisheries similar here i mean some of the fisheries have changed down here now because since lockdown they've discovered a new uh, brand brand of clients that don't moan mm-hmm. never complain about their pet, mm-hmm. don't leave loads of rubbish behind you know and 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 they're they're people that go i mean match anglers are pretty good at that match anglers don't leave rubbish behind because they do don't, don't get weighed in easy as that but uh, some of the some of the fisheries down here don't host anywhere near as many matches as they used to which is it's a shame but it's a sign of the times mm. um but with with the um the camaraderie that, that the women have I'm, i was talking to sam sim at fishermania at the weekend and and she had look like a steady procession we had people come to visit her to see you know other girls <laughs> in the england team to see how she was going to saw julie abbott give me a wave and you know they, they were they're, they're very very supportive
1: <laughs> science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental emotional and physical health The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. Don't miss our weekend special. Save $1,000 on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed, Queen, now only $19.99. Ends Thursday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com.
2: Have you got a, a, a female role model in fishing that you follow? Someone you aspire to?
3: Um, I'd like my fishing to be good as Steve Ringers and have the personality of Andy May, but beggars can't be <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that, that, that's, they're two. They're, they're not too, Not bad role models. If if you saw the uh, the photo that Andy May supplied for his Fishermania profile. Um, <laughs> That they, they, We said it said on the form, you know, please fill in this if you've got, put a recent picture on that, that may be used in the media. And he had this most horrendous cross-eyed, <laughs> face pulling picture that he put on, and it made everybody laugh that saw it. That, that, yeah, he, he's a bit of a one off yeah. anyway when, when it when it comes to that. And uh, yeah, but it's so you see yourself then because Steve Ringer is although now he's heavily into his feeder <laughs> fishing, um, you, you see he, he is probably a bigger all-rounder mm-hmm. than the rest although he doesn't he doesn't do pole fishing one week feeder fishing the next mag mm-hmm. fishing the week after currently he's feeder fishing yeah. but he has done them all and, and 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 he he's sort of worked his way through and and now probably found what he likes mm-hmm. best i think he's, he's really into his feeder fishing and and that i mean i i i'm still almost in a state of shock at how technical feeder fishing has become you know, and, and it's quickly gone from fishing at, at 102 turns mm-hmm. to 63 wraps. Yeah. And, and, you know, I can understand that. I mean, I've got my own way of measuring distances and, and I see no reason to change it because I don't fish that kind of event. Mm-hmm. But when I see people with 7, 8, 9, 10 feeder rods made up, you know, I used to turn up on, on matches on the Thames with two waggler rods in case I broke one and and a bomb rod that if i want if uh, (laughs) if i got out i knew i wasn't having a very good day you know very rarely no i didn't go i didn't enjoy feeder fishing i didn't go on feeder matches we you know because feeder matches on the thames you either had to draw bream i had to draw cover where Mm -hmm. there might be chub on the other bank otherwise you fished a float and didn't win anything Mm -hmm. and i used to enjoy fishing the float so i used to go on matches where where float fishing dominated have have you got a a preferred style What, what do you like doing best
3: at the minute, I'm probably confident with my rods again, which is nice because I got so used to using a pole and I thought, no, I want to get back confident with my rods again, you know, back to my first love. But now I'm at a point where, last year in lockdown, I was giving cart fishing and cat fishing a go because there was no matches and it was great. I loved it, absolutely loved it. You know, the amount of support and help that people would offer I me, mean, was brilliant Um So yeah, I'd like to give that another go. I want to give fly fishing a go and sea fishing a go at some point. Maybe some river and canals, but it's finding the time. I just want to give everything a go and learn as much as I can and soak it all in.
2: It's really good as well because you'll find that as you learn different disciplines, things from those disciplines help the other bits of fishing you do. I, I learned so much about the depths at which fish are comfortable from fly fishing right and and it's it stood me in good stead there's usually a layer of water at which which trout Mm -hmm. are comfortable well if trout are comfortable there well wouldn't roach and bream and and all the other things be Mm -hmm. there as well so so I learned a bit about that Um, sea fishing's a little bit different and and I enjoy sea fishing I enjoy sea fishing in in warm places with big fish that try and pull you out the boat, probably a little bit more, or pull you along the beach, um, than I do here, which is you know quite usually heavy fishing. I like lure fishing. I love lure <laughs> fishing in the sea. I'll go. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to have, have to get because uh, the Merseys a pretty good sea fishery. There's um, there's a, a very famous boat that, that travels around the country, and I think he spends some of his winter in the Mersey because there were quite a few cod. Uh, I don't think there were quite as many this <laughs> year. But previous years, there's been a load of cod in the Mersey, and they've done some, done some, he's done some winter things there. But yeah, there, there's there's lure fishing in, in in the sea, fishing for Pollock, and and fish, and they they pull back a bit. I've got to say, I use light gear, for like very large six pound class rod, uh, and a light reel with twenty pound braid, and uh, which sounds ridiculously heavy, but you know how thin twenty pound braid is. It's like oh six, and um, and and they they have a little bit of a go at pulling you out. They like they they fight very much vertically rather than horizontally oh. so you hook them over a wreck or a reef and the first thing they gonna do is get down into it so you've got that and then you get them up a little bit and then i'm not going i'm going back down into it again so you get a few lunges and a bit yeah that that's interesting um it's finding some but for you it's going to be a fair old slip mm-hmm. wherever you go sea fishing unless it's the Mersey, isn't yeah. it but yeah that, that's it fly fishing i don't know what you've got fly fishing around there there's there used to be some great places um, I don't know whether they still are fly fisheries there was um, Pennine trout fishery I don't know if that's still around there was well that's a bit further east Ray that'd be a bit further east for you yeah I'm sure there's a few up there and you've got some rivers um, with, with, with with trout in as well so yeah you, you've got a bit of potential there river wise you're not far from the seven are you not too no, far not from too the, far. the sort of top end of the seven mm-hmm. That's that's a good place to learn some river skills yeah so do you see yourself fishing those um, venues, those more natural venues, to learn more about fishing and to be um, a better angler, or is that more of a match fishing aspiration?
3: No, it's to learn more, I think, and to learn more about watercraft and different fish and how they feed and things like that. And, you know, I want to learn more about the environment as well, so you've got you know, especially rivers in the countryside, what what pollution's going into that river. I, I want to know all about it and how we can protect them, basically.
2: Yeah, that's, that's not, a bad, um, not a bad thing to aspire to. I think where I live, by the time I drink the water that comes out my tap, I think I'm the eighth person that's drunk it. Wow. Um, because all our water comes from the Thames. Mm-hmm. Our drinking water comes from the Thames. Um, the Thames water suck out so many um, millions of gallons, and it goes into storage reservoirs. But that comes down, you know, it comes down from Swindon, yeah. Oxford, you know, Henley, Hurley, Reading. All those places have had their little dibs in it first, and it's uh, they've recycled it for us, and it's gone back into the river. Uh, and then the few tributaries have dropped in as well. And by the time it gets down, you know, I've, I've, I've worked out, I can't remember if it was seven. Or eight people that had drunk it before it got here. And of course, once it gets to London, we've put 39 million tonnes of sewage in it a year. Which is, uh, yeah, it's incredible. And all that work, if only it was cleaner mm-hmm. to begin with, there'd be so much less to take out. But, you know, we've got this, my thoughts are oh, we've got too many people. But um, but that's, that's not going to change, is no. it? We're not going to get less people no. anytime soon, that's for sure. So... have you got any particular kind of sea fishing do you you go on holidays and do you fish when you're on holiday
3: no not yet just with the kids being so young maybe when they're a bit older I'd like to do some fishing holidays one that I I will go to I think I've got 10 years to plan it when I'm 40 is to go over to Thailand that is my dream That's, that's that's top of my book list to go to Thailand and do some fishing over there
2: yeah. yeah. Do you know, I've, I've never fancied oh, I haven't, yeah. No, no. I'd like to catch all the fish they catch mm-hmm. there, but I'd like to catch them from where they should yes. be. From, from yes. Yeah. From where, where they naturally come. You know, I'd like to catch, catch an arapaima from somewhere off the Amazon mm-hmm. and a, and a red tail catfish or a lao-lao catfish from, from um, Suriname or, or, or wherever they happen to be. Um, it, it's it's like a, it's a bit of a... i I enjoy fishing commercial fisheries i enjoy fishing commercial Mm -hmm. fisheries a lot um and if i tried it i would probably really like it Uh, and and if i went to thailand and got into it like a load of Mm my friends have i mean, billy Makins, an old mate of mine and he's in thailand and he's he's gone back to fishing again he he developed makings fishery 30 years ago and um Forty years ago, nearly, and he, he's now um, living in Thailand. But he he's he doesn't own a fishery. He owns he owns a couple of bars, um, which are currently not open because of lockdown. But he started fishing again with some of my old mates uh, that now live in Thailand that I used to fish with, sort of forty years ago mm-hmm. on the canals, and, and and it's it's interesting to to read about and see what they catch. <laughs> I've probably got I don't know ten old mates currently living. And fishing wow. in Thailand, yeah, it's 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 incredible, and they love it, and they'll say how good it is, and you should come out, and everything pulls back, and blah blah blah. yeah so that that's 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 probably not probably not bad to go there. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I've got this um this affair that I have with with Florida that was started in the Keys and is spreading north <laughs> and going just from tarp and uh, and, and amberjacks and things into and sailfish into bass inland and redfish and goodness knows what in the sea so yeah once you get into it mm-hmm. yeah there's but there's some lovely places where you can go on holiday and incorporate mm-hmm. it with some fishing as well but as you say how old are you kids
3: eight and five
2: so that yeah the, do, you, do they go fishing with yeah. you yeah and do they fish themselves yeah. do they you take them yeah, i'll and set, it, they I'll enjoy set it,
3: everything up for them because they're a bit young for that yeah but, yeah yeah of course. yeah they'll they'll have a go put the maggots on and you know throw them bait in and Cast it out. Leo's getting confident with casting now and bringing them in.
2: Great. Yeah. And where do they like to fish? What do they like to catch?
3: Anything, really. They're not bothered. It's just, oh, look at this, what I've caught. They love it. Absolutely love it.
2: Do they like the different fish? Do they like catching perch and looking at the spines and things, yeah. or is it just a fish is a fish?
3: No. They like looking at the different ones. Florence does. like likes knowing their names and how they're different and things like that. Oh yeah. Um, they're a bit unsure of carp because they're a bit bigger and a bit stronger and they can flip about so. Oh no, I don't want to touch that one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they're more difficult to grip. I yeah. know when we're at uh, get on fishing <laughs> when we get the the schools there. Um some of some of the the, the young people that we have there have, have never fished before, never seen fish. some of them have never seen the countryside. Before, no. what, what purports to be the countryside before and to see them when they catch their first fish. We're working with the school there at the moment, in fact. They've just gone on holiday now but they're coming for a summer school in a couple of weeks time they're coming on a um i think a weekly or a bi-weekly basis Uh, and they have children with special needs and they've got all manner of of things that are different about them and and to see them fish there's one little boy um he's he's non-verbal right. more or less non-verbal we get him to talk a little bit about fishing and and i explain the fish what the fish are called to him and he sometimes talks back but he whistles he, he communicates by whistling and i was out with him the other week and and he's called omar and his friend abigail um, was the other side of me so I, they've both got whips and i'm sort of the ringmaster between them and every so often he'd whistle that like the McDonald's theme, and every time we did it, Abigail was going, "I'm loving it." <laughs> so they were, they, they were having this conversation all the way through. But um, we, we've had other children there that have actually changed from being non-verbal and started communicating only when they're fishing, Amazing. and they'll come in and they'll tell their teacher what they've caught. And the first time it had called Paris, he was about fourteen, I think, and. Um, we went fishing, and they don't tell me anything. I don't know if there's anything different about mm-hmm. We just go fishing. And I said, Oh, look, that's a rud. Look, you can tell it's a rud because its bottom jaw sticks out and it's got this fin a bit further back. And look at the lovely red on their fins and a bit of gold. And then we caught a roach. I said, Look, this is not quite so red. Mm-hmm. And the top jaw, blah, 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 blah. And uh, we caught nine fish. We caught rud, roach, and perch. And when we got back into the, the classroom, uh, his teacher came over He said, oh, How are you done? I said, how many did you have Paris? How many fish did you have? Was it, was it four? No, so I've had nine. Wow. And the teacher looked at me and he took me to one side and said, it's the first time I've ever heard him speak. Amazing. And it's incredible. And it's just, I suppose, a change of environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that they, they have a reason mm-hmm. to speak. They don't want to speak about Pythagoras theorem or you yeah. know, how many beans make five. They're not interested in that. So you, you said you, you, you were at teacher training college. Are you, are you in education now?
3: No. I find... I was teaching secondary science, which I loved. Absolutely loved it. I was, I was no good at physics, but by doing my teacher training, I was more fascinated with physics than there was chemistry and biology. So yeah. um, I loved it. Don't get me wrong, it was just a bit too much with the kids. They were a bit younger then, um, so I didn't stick at it. It would have been nice. I would have loved it. You know, I love teaching people new things or things that I'm passionate about you know I love teaching the kids about fishing fishing's my life at the minute so if I can inspire and share my passion for fishing then that fulfills me if if you know where I'm coming from
2: yeah it's quite difficult um it's not an easy Mm -hmm. thing to get into I mean there are coaching schemes as you know Mm -hmm. you can qualify at a a couple of different levels I think there's going to be a third level added quite soon Uh, and but it's it's Getting the, the the young people to pass that knowledge on yeah. to that's the problem. Um, some of the clubs, I think, um, there's a few clubs. I think Prince Prince Albert, um, Prince Albert Muckersfield, might have some kind of scheme where they, they see youngsters through. But some to some clubs, young people are still a nuisance. Mm-hmm. They don't uh, you know they, they really don't encourage juniors, which is a bit of a shame. And I suppose some of the, some of the fisheries they've got aren't necessarily conducive to having young people for you. but commercials of course mm. are exactly the opposite yeah. so you, you've got that so where are you taking your, your your family at the moment where do you pitch up to now
3: we usually either go to Brookside or we'll we go to Old Off um, oh yeah so you know both commercials both got toilet access you know nice suitable parking it's, it's convenient because I think if you've got I don't know some kids might like the adventure I know if we just had Leo and we just had a rod and a backpack he'd love it but if we've got Florence in tow, I know that she'd get bored. So you've got to find that fine line. Um, yeah. So go, going to those venues is is perfect, really.
2: I of, of Fishbrook Brookside once. So I quite enjoyed it too. I was uh, I was challenged to a match there by Jimmy Bullard when, right. when He'd in fact he'd just left Wigan on his way down to Fulham, and we'd arranged this this match on tight lines. And um, I I. I struggle to lie straight in bed i can't um i can't be very honest about fishing so we were both lying to each <coughs> other about what we'd caught and he weighed in i think he weighed in 20 pound 12 i mean oh, you've slaughtered me mate i've got nothing like that and i had 21 pound four and i caught this 21 pound four because it the, you fished um a brook with the lake we fish it was a narrow like a canal mm-hmm. lake and, and you caught a lot of fish, on a lot of tench on the far bank, I remember. And um, it was very difficult because it was ever so windy. But Andy May had told me to fish down the edge. Why?
3: Right.
2: And I started catching gudgeon down the end, but I finished up catching tench and, <laughs> and skimmers and that down the edge. And, because he couldn't see what I was catching because I was catching them on a, basically on a top kit. So that was quite good, yeah. I did beat him in the uh, return match at Berry Hill as well, but uh, probably won't mention that because it made me sound conceited. Right? <laughs> what do you... Looking to do next in your fishing? Do you you just want to continue fishing? Have you thought about uh, some kind of a career or, or or getting into the educational side of fishing at all?
3: It's funny you say that because I'm, I'm leaving my current role this week. My last day is on Friday, and I've been given the opportunity to come and work full time with the Angling Trust.
2: Oh really? No, I honestly didn't know that. Yeah. So you know, I've, I've I've not set you up for that. I really didn't know. So what are you going to be? Do- which team are you working with there?
3: I'll be working with John Chain. um my role's going oh, to yeah. be membership sales executive. I, I can't wait. Proper excited, yeah. like a kid at Christmas.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've, I've I've had a trip um, with John Chain. We went to Oman. Wow. I was I was given a. Sometimes in in you know my career, I've had some horrible jobs and i had to teach a former miss england how to catch fish in oman <laughs> you know you can just imagine can't you it was a bit of a nightmare because our bags took our bags and tackle took two days to get there wow. um they, they arrived to the, the day after the day after we arrived there which wasn't great so we couldn't do any fishing from the shore but we went out and fished from a boat and, and uh, eventually we, we caught some little tuna and little tuna things about you know four or five pounds and then um they f- they f- offshore at um, a place called salala where we were staying there's some deep water moorings and all around these boats if, if when you go sea fishing in tropical places anything that shouldn't be there is a magnet for fish so they put things called fads um, fish attracting devices which would be like a string of boys right. and you get algae draw algaes attached to the boys and the little tiny fish eat the algae mm-hmm. and then bigger fish eat the little tiny fish and bigger and bigger wow. and bigger and bigger so, so we went round these boats and there were loads of schools of jacks swimming around and we were trolling around and casting lures and we finished up catching some Dorado and she had one about 20 pounds wow. which I won't tell you what she said when she hooked <laughs> it because we would be off air immediately <laughs> but she was very pleased to have caught it and um the manager of the resort said, look, if you catch any, bring them back and we'll cook them. And we fed half of the hotel that night. We caught five of these Dorado Mahi Mahi, what they call dolphin fish in America. And, uh, yeah, that that was that was interesting. So, yeah, that that was – and poor old John was on the other boat. He was the, he was taking the pictures. Oh. <laughs> it's a shame, but, you know, there you go. Um, but, yeah, so, so, yeah, I know John. He's very good, very, very good angler. I mean, you you will if – you, if you're with him – um, long enough, and listen to him long. You will be lure fishing mm-hmm. before long, and and, and that's something. You, you, have you got into your lure fishing? I've though? done a
3: bit. I did a bit in win- over winter. Um, yeah. Got a couple of jackpikes uh, but no, it's definitely something I want to want to have a, have another go at. Definitely get some nice perch as well.
2: Well, the great thing about that with your Florence, who's not very patient, <laughs> you can you can go lure fishing for an hour, mm-hmm. can't you? little like you said little rod in a Mm -hmm. backpack leo would like Mm -hmm. it as well because he can have his little rod in his backpack and just wander up and down the canal and you're fishing a lot of the time fish that never been fished for you know people go there and fish with maggots and and, and Mm -hmm. worms they might catch the odd perch but there's a lot more fish that will take lures than people realize at at those lakes uh, where you came into that filming Mm -hmm. with the ea at north allah um we were doing some demonstrations there one day, and, and I was fishing, as you would, with a pole and sweet corn, mm-hmm. and I didn't have any maggots and pellets and stuff like that. And and Sam and Gary Edmonds, who Sam used to run one of our projects in, in East London, and they came down and they only fished with lures, uh, with, sorry, with artificial baits. Wow. And they caught, I think I had 14 fish, and they had 50 between wow. them, including tench, crucians, bream, all caught on imitation bloodworm, imitation maggots. That they were working with lures, not under floats or anything. Mm-hmm. They were working them as lures. So there's, there's all sorts of things you can do there. And John's heavily into his lure fishing, isn't it?
3: Oh yeah. So after I'll be picking his he, brains. He'll be sick of me.
2: Yeah. Um, and where's your next, um, your next bit of fishing? Do you know yet?
3: I'm at Packerton Summers on Wednesday. Preston, Preston Innovations UK Pole Champ. Something I've never done before. Oh, yeah. So I'll give that a go.
2: Did you fish the Ladies National? Yes. How did you do? Did you have a good day?
3: It was rock hard. Rock hard and it was scorching. I hate the heat. I, I like winter and autumn. Me, I'm not quite right. Uh, it was like 30 odd degrees. It was still. It was hot. I was flustered. There was two chaps behind me who, who were chatting away for England and watching what I was doing. Um, but no, I loved it, it was a good experience not the result I wanted I mean it came 15th or 16th I can't remember which um, but no, it was a hard day for everyone fair play to Sam for, for running away with it and getting into Fishermania which is great Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah she was a bit unfortunate with her draw mm. she wasn't in the best of pegs on fish show, but she had a, a very good um demeanour right the way through she was she was just part of the event, yeah. you know. She 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 joined in and uh, uh, was fully part mm-hmm. of the event, not phased at yeah. all. And and you know that I, I she's got that attitude towards fishing and she she's mm-hmm. very very positive. Yeah. Do do you think you're going to continue in your match fishing?
3: Probably, yeah. And
2: try and progress in that.
3: Yeah. I think match I'm, fishing I'm will always be there, but I'll probably dibble dabble into other disciplines and things like that.
2: I'll wait till you start buying flies! Oh, don't, oh, don't! How many pole floats How many pole floats you got? Too
3: many. I've given loads away uh, then, as well. I've still sure got too many.
2: Then imagine how many flies you'll have, and then imagine mixing with John Chain how many lures you're going to. Oh, we've up got
3: with. a few lures already. <laughs> I mean,
2: I, 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 as, as I told you, it, I, I can't, I won't bother showing you anything because nobody else can see it. But um, I'm, I'm in my office and the bit this way that you can't see, there's rods and poles for virtually every discipline from uh, an old friend of mine, Dave Stewart, wrote a book called From Minnows to Marlin and I've got those rods there all those rods there, this underneath this rubbish you can see behind me there's some baskets, they're full of various reels, again I've got things from uh, Penn um, International (laughs) 50 Class for, for marlin fishing I've got TLD 50s, Lever Drag um, shimano reels for, for that kind of fishing down to tiny little 1000 size wow. reels for me little rods when i'm lure fishing and lures well don't even know i've not got many down here <laughs> most of them are up in the loft but uh, and and yeah so I, you will accumulate a lot more tackle that's for sure probably won't be able to move <laughs> in the garage <laughs> oh i've got a garage I've got I've got the next best thing. I've got a van that's like a mobile shed. <laughs> well, listen, Emma, it's been great talking to you. Um, thanks for giving up your time and uh, and having a natter. And I'm sure we'll see each other again before mm-hmm. long. And uh, hopefully, with any luck, we'll go fishing together. Oh,
3: what a pleasure! It's been a pleasure to join you, Keith. And I look forward to to going out fishing one day
2: with you. Yeah, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll try and sort we'll try and sort something out. You're a long way away, mm-hmm. but uh, perhaps who knows? Maybe back at North Northalla. That get on fishing or even um i've only introduced to my barbel swim because i'm the only one that fishes allowed to oh, fish oh
3: not one of them i <laughs> can't be off in that
2: it's free fishing it's open <laughs> to anybody but i don't tell anybody i'll catch barbel there um I've, I've, it's tidal but i've had one of 11 pound yeah, not my biggest but my biggest from there yeah. all right well we'll speak to you again soon thanks for joining us and um Good luck. Thank you. At the at the pole championships, it's 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 a very steep learning curve, but uh, it sounds like you're the type of person that can do it. Thank you. Hope you back up tomorrow even. <laughs> Just a dozen or fifteen decent roach will be enough, Aww. and then after half hour I can pack up and go. Lovely,
3: lovely. <laughs> go over and have some nice lunch.
2: Yeah. All right. We we'll speak to you. I'll speak to you again soon. dokie. Thanks, Emma. What a great pleasure to listen to someone as enthusiastic as emma she's a credit to angling and thank you for joining us on board don't forget there's an ever-increasing back catalogue of the strange boat podcasts that you can find on whatever platform you're using to hear this one i'll be back soon with another shipmate for a voyage around angling but for now thanks for listening and enjoy your fishing whatever form that may take
1: ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.
0: Hi there, I'm Kendra Adachi, and I host the Lazy Genius Podcast, a show that helps you be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. But here's the kicker. You get to decide what matters, not me. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to give you a new way to see episodes are around 20 minutes and are full of practical, helpful information, as well as a lot of permission slips to do what makes sense for you. New episodes drop every Monday and cover a broad range of topics from laundry and getting dinner on the table to finding work-life balance and organizing your inbox. So I invite you to give the Lazy Genius Podcast a listen. Together, let's stop doing it all for the sake of doing what matters.
1: Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.